0: Talk Radio. Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. Hello and
1: welcome to the show tonight. The topic tonight is... The Spiritual Guidebook, and our guest is Anna Cummerford. We're going to get to that conversation in just a minute, but I wanted you to uh, just give a think about the idea of a spiritual soul having a human experience. So often when we live in, in this uh, human paradigm, our eyes show us everything that's, quote, going on. When when we look at the world, we look at social media, we look at mainstream media, and we're being told a story. And yet, every single one of us was a soul before we were born, a soul without a body, a soul without flesh and bones. And as, as we're born, we forget. It's like... For so many of us, there's this wiping of a memory of being a soul, of any soul contracts we have, of, of really the bigger picture of what's going on. When we're born into the human form, there's this um, veil that goes up, if you will. And for many of us, um, the amount of information we have to decide what we're doing in the moment, buying a car, buying a, an appliance, choosing a vacation, choosing somebody to work on our house. Um, all the information we have is through our five physical senses, the, the classic five senses. But in truth, there's a much bigger picture going on. And I think it really serves us well to... Kind of take a step back and look at the bigger paradigm going on, going on in every single one of us in the sense that we are indeed a soul that has incarnated into physical form. The most authentic, timeless part of us is an intangible, etherical, if you will, soul persona. And yet, when we're born into flesh, we grow an ego. None of us had an ego when we were born, but our family of origin taught us symbols, and then they taught us the values of symbols. And fast forward to present-day life, and here we are living our life. So when we we delve into the idea of the spiritual guidebook, when we delve into the idea of uh, perhaps psychic phenomenon, I think it's good to look at it from our own individual point of view, because... I can speak for myself, for many years, um, this is decades ago, for many years, I really wanted a particular type of psychic awareness. My ego wanted us, uh, to hear things. I mean, let's have a, I want I a flipping conversation. And, and I kind of pushed for that. And then I came to realize that I was very intuitive. I was very, quote, psychic in the sense of of knowingness and i started to appreciate the value of that type of psychic awareness the knowingness and so with this show tonight i'm so delighted to have anna on the show because we're going to delve into her latest book the spiritual guidebook we're going to look at at the kind of the mechanics of psychic ability Anna has written two books. The Spiritual Guidebook is her second. Um, She is a, a psychic medium, a naturopath, a hypnotherapist, a Reiki master, coach, and a spiritual teacher. And she was also named the Australian Psychic of the Year in 2017. I think we're in for a delightful conversation. And why don't we get right to it? Join me in welcoming Anna Comerford to the show. Welcome to the show, Anna. Well,
0: thank you, Liz. Thank you for having me.
1: My pleasure. So you've just recently written a book, The Spiritual Guidebook, and uh, you take a pretty um, in-depth look at the psychic phenomenon. Tell me, how did what brought you about to write a book like this?
0: That's a good question. It's been a long journey in my life, like a lot of people. I'm um, in my early 50s now and it started in my twenties and uh, when things became challenging in relationships in health. And so I was a school teacher then and I still am part-time. But I eventually, about 10 years ago, became a naturopath, nutritionist and herbalist. And I connected that the, excuse me, mind, body and soul and working in all elements to help us on this earth plane be the best that we can in ourselves um, is the way to go. Well, it helped me and it's helped a lot of my clients. And so I wrote a book around that, around healing, around crystals around using these psychic abilities that I feel we're all born with to tap into and to help us along this earth journey.
1: Well, I like that. Um, You talk about being born with psychic abilities. Did you know right off the top that you had these abilities or was there an aha moment for you?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I think there was a couple of little things in my childhood that I had I sort of knew things before they happened. Not a lot, though, just little things. But I feel like I developed more as I studied to be a yoga teacher, tapped into mindfulness and meditation. And as I cleared up my life, especially of sugar, I was a real sugar addict. Um, and as you may know, which I was craving sugar because I was wanting sweetness in my life. And when I decreased the sugar and put more nutrition in my body, I felt like it enhanced my intuition, it um, balanced my chakras better. I then got into more exercise, gentle exercise, and being out in nature more. And I feel like um, my interest in my 20s of the tarot, I went to a tarot teacher, and then it started exploring like reading the cards and exploring my heart and my soul's messages to myself more. And I feel like reading our own spirit, our own feelings and our body helps us to tap in at every moment when we get something coming up that's conflicting or challenging and knowing that we have a lot of answers inside of us and that if we have some knowledge to help us tap into how to access those, that inner wisdom, then it helps us along our path. With our partners, our children, our co-workers, our family members, because I feel like we're going to be challenged along the way. And what strategies and what skills do we have to handle that those sort of challenges?
1: You know, it's curious you talk about um, sugar and diet and your yes. and your um, psychic abilities. I mean, the body really. I mean, if, if we think about the notion that we're a soul that existed before our birth and we've come down into our bodies, um, the body really is the, the vessel or the vehicle and perhaps even the canvas, if you will, of of how our minds experience life. So when you change your diet, you, you're... Uh, your relationship to your psychic abilities change. Is that right?
0: Yes, that's right. And I like the way, Les, that you say our body is a canvas. I feel like our body responds to our mind. And when I read lots of books and learned lots of things and my mind shifted and my consciousness shifted, then I wanted to do things differently. I wanted to feed my myself with different foods, with different thought patterns, with different little exercises. And I fell feel like then I became more into alignment. And then when I get out of alignment I can tap into that more because I can feel the vibration of my body's different, my words are different, the way self talk and the vibration of the messages in my mind. And that's why with my second book, The Spiritual Guidebook, as you know, my first book is Palmistry Power, a lot about the palms and Uh, also about nutrition in there too, the meridians and how to read palms. But the second book, um, I write about spirit guides, mediumship, the auras and how to read them. And even though, Les, I went to um, spiritual classes and the teacher taught us about how to read auras, I didn't click into it. So I thought to myself, how can I read auras? Because her way didn't suit me, I really... Found her teachings valuable so I trained myself how to look at people's auras and how to blur my eyes and go into a mini trance and allow the beautiful spirit and the colors of the person's aura to talk to me or to show me its color and I write about the mini exercises to do to help activate and open up that part of your consciousness or third eye so that you can read auras uh, and I find yeah that's
1: very useful as well. Well, you know, we've talked about the uh body as a canvas if you will, but there's there's an ethereal aspect to our our um persona if you will. I mean, sure there's flesh and bones and and there's this body that we can see and touch. Yet there's there's also that ethereal aspect when you for example, when you talk about auras um, what kind of information does Auras give you when you when you see an the aura of a person?
0: Yes, Les. Well if I see a person with uh, most people have different colors around their aura, like a bluey purple aura is someone that is really Drawn to the metaphysical, to spiritual aspects. Someone with an apricot aura is very kind, compassionate, nurturing. Uh, Someone with a little bit of grey in their aura is a little bit of depression or blocked energy. And I might ask their higher self or their spirit guide why they've got a bit of grey in their aura. And I might see. I might be shown a bit of depression or they need to move their body and stretch their body. They might need some sunshine. They might need more herbal teas. So, yeah, it helps identify uh, the body. And it reminds me too, Liz, when um, there's a story in the book where a lady had red around, um, a red color around one of her shoulders. And red can mean vibrancy and creativeness, but it also can mean inflammation and pain. So I asked in my my mind to the red, almost telepathically, I was talking to the colour, and I said to it, you know, what's going on? Why are you around this lady's shoulder? And it showed me pain, inflammation, and the client did affirm that she had an aching shoulder. So it's amazing um, the wisdom that comes from that.
1: It, it's, it brings uh, an a easier time to interpret the environment when you get this information from auras. Um, also within our, our persona, there's these um, chakras. And when we talk about a chakra, um, how would you describe what a chakra is?
0: Yes, Les, a chakra is like a wheel of energy that comes out from the glands of our bodies mainly. So there's seven main chakras I write about in the book and I've got a grid in there too. So for example, the heart chakra is linked to the thymus gland in our sternum chest area Uh, that's the middle of the seven main chakras we've got three chakras below the heart chakra and three chakras above and so like I tell people sometimes years ago when I had more asthma I and my asthma is since a lot less because I changed my diet and increased a lot more healthy food but when I had more preservative type foods and sugar and and, and hello vibrations type foods in my body, it triggered more asthma in me. And also asthma metaphysically can mean grief stuck in the chest, um, unhealed, unresolved emotions that we all have, and it's a fun re- releasing what they are. So in the heart chakra, when I remember um, probably not many years ago, I went to or rode my bike to the park, sat on the chair in the in the park and I started getting asthma and I just tapped into my heart chakra and, and said to it, you know, show me, tell me why this asthma is in my body. But And before I could even get a body answer, I started crying and I felt this release of pent-up emotions. And then my breathing became back to normal and it's sort of, so it's, it's like the chakras can get blocked or stuck or filled with you know, energy, vibrations from thought from our, like I was saying, foods, thoughts, patterns, experiences. And sometimes we don't even know that something's bothered us as much as it has until we get a pain or something gets stuck or we think, yeah, that did happen a couple of weeks ago and I am feeling a bit of pain in the tummy. What does that mean? You know, is it about digesting food, digesting um, an event that happened in my life, digesting that co-worker that was irritable and angry at me the other day and so it's allowing the chakras to talk to us and tune into them and when there's when we meditate or have mindfulness or have a bath or go for a nice long walk we realign our chakras through nature through water through oils through um movement of the body um, because it's every time we move or do something it allows better vibration energy in the cosmos allows the energy to flow into our body, down through our spine, activates through our nervous system, through all the glands in our body, and hence the chakras and our energy body.
1: Well, I like that. Um, you know, you, <clears throat> so you're talking about um, you went to the park and you sat on the bench and you, and you felt a, I, I think you related it to asthma, and you, you queried yourself, you asked yourself, and, and then this, uh, this um, emotional upheaval, my words, this emotional event comes out of your body. It's like uh, um, when, when we talk about uh, releasing these kind of things, um, where, where um, or perhaps how did that event get stored in your psyche to begin with?
0: Yes. Another good question, Liz. Uh, it can get stored, I feel. Sometimes when we don't process or feel what something that's happened, an event that's happened, we might suppress it because we're busy, we're on the run, and that's very natural. A lot of us do that. And sometimes going to reflection or the word you said, inquiry about it, helps us to just dig deep. You know, Where is that emotion from? Um, did it treat something from my past. The other day I had a friend and something they did made me upset. And I thought, oh, why is this making me more accept, uh, upset than I need to be? But I saw a flash in my mind's eye of something that had happened to me um, about 30 years ago in my early 20s. And it had um, linked in, the present moment had linked into to something that had upset me in my past. So I went into a quiet space and I went back to the event that my mind had shown me from my past. And I just thought about it. And I don't think that, that, you know, in my early 20s, I didn't have as many strategies for dealing with things. I think this event had shocked me a bit and I had suppressed it and blocked it and covered up to other people what was going on in my heart at the time, so I just allowed my body to go into the feelings of the past and allowing some healing to the event that had happened, and so hopefully next time I get triggered again, I don't have a as strong a reaction to it. So it's amazing how our body stores everything from our past, present, and yeah, how it reveals itself to us.
1: Well, um, I, I love this conversation. So. Um, the thought that came to my mind during this, this dialogue is, well, I mean, so many of us are kind of born into a, a rough and tumble household where there might be a lot of uh, despair or pain or even uh, violence and abuse. And as as children, before we even have a, a psychological tool set, we go into like this survival mode to kind of feeling mm-hmm. out the family dynamics w- before we learn to walk. And and uh, um, w- when we talk about, you know, um, loading up our psyche, so to speak, um, from the past in moments where we, we didn't uh, have an opportunity to feel what was going on and then years later it shows up as a behavioral attribute, How um, most people are – are going through their day in in kind of a predictable way they wake up they know what the day more or less is going to be they're going to go to work they're going to do this they're going to do that how do you how do you kind of uh, uh, clean yourself out um, without knowing what's there uh, yeah, how do you clean yourself out
0: without knowing what there. Yeah, sometimes I feel like um, tuning in when you do wake up, like you said, in the morning, you know, what sort of mood do you have? If you're feeling flat a lot of the time and you're not sure why, that can be a sign something needs to be shifted in your life. And maybe it is something from the past to block. And even if you don't know what it is, you could journal it. I write in my book about journaling the feelings and emotions and seeing what comes up, um, seeing someone to help you Through it, I know in the last few weeks I had a couple of encounters with people with communication issues and I um, processed it myself about, "Mm, why did that happen? Why did I feel like that? And with both people I connected with them again and said, hey, I think we've had a bit of communication understanding. Maybe to help us in the future we could do X, Y and Z. And they both went, yeah, that's a great idea, Anna. So in the past I wouldn't have done that. I would have stayed in my victimhood, you know, swam in the wound and poor me and look what they've done and they haven't treated me the way i wanted it. But to allow that things may crop up and what strategies and what am I going to do and has it hasn't triggered um, a pattern from my past. And when I have conflict, do I go into, like you were saying, that childhood survival pattern or do I say, hey, that's my childhood and what I was born into and the birth family I was born into, yes, may have been challenging, but it taught me this, this and this. And I can rise above and into that beautiful learnings of that birth family, and learn from that, and create a life as I'm an adult and get older that creates a new set of patterns, a new set of strategies, a new way of living passionately, a new way of win-win, a new way of success. And so, yeah, it makes I find it so fascinating when I work with clients or with close family, friends, or partners that. My language is different now, and some people go, wow, you're really different, Anna, in the way you express yourself and the way you do things. Because I feel like just flooding everything with so much love and being honest and saying, look, I'm struggling with this right now, but I feel like um, we can work it out together. And I've got some ideas. How would you feel about us resolving this? So, you know, we both have a win-win. And that's I find, makes everything so much more peaceful and loving, and I want to be on this earth plane, with a different way of walking, with a different way of acting, with sharing. And I feel like that's so much more harmonious.
1: I like that win-win strategy. It, it um, I find it to be a, a very um, 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 preferable choice when it comes through navigating um, um interactions with others. So it seems like you're talking about you're you're noticing yourself more and you're paying attention to yourself more and and when you catch that shift, when you catch that moment when your your psychology if you will shifts you, that it seems like you s- see that as an opportunity and, and instead of shoving it back down, you you kind of hold a space for it or something like that?
0: That's beautiful, actually. I like the way you said, not shoving it down, holding a space for it. Yes, and it's about honoring your own soul and spirit. If we're not listening to our own self, our own heart, our own connection with self. Then how are we going to tap in to the heaps of people that we connect with every day in our lives? Uh, and that's why when you say paying attention to to self, um, and that's with my book, The Spiritual Guidebook, when I was just thinking when you were saying, Les, that part two, the healing techniques in my book where I write about Reiki and laying of hands. And I had a young girl recently who was born with a um, congenital disease. Um, and she's only a teenager and dad brought her in because she keeps taking pain medication. And the dad said, you know, what else can I do for her? Um and so we, I taught her some hypnotherapy techniques, and I taught her um, about Reiki. And she had, in a, in a week, or about I think it was two weeks in between sessions with me, She's, she'd read my whole spiritual guidebook. And I said, let me teach you laying of hands. It's similar to Reiki. We all have the ability to channel healing energy through our bodies. She is so clairvoyant and clairsentient. She was getting images straight away. She could see the color of the Reiki. She could tap into it. And when we went into a meditation where she closed her her eyes and put her hands on her body, she could feel the energy, the deep sense of relaxation, the deep sense of peace that she went into. And I taught her about to use, you know, Reiki cosmic energy to help clear space in her house and her room. And also she closed her eyes and she drew, drew her own symbol from her heart. So I said, yes, there's Reiki symbols out there, but I want you to tap into your own spirit and draw your own symbol. And it's funny, she drew a symbol that was similar to one of the master symbols in my master symbol training books where I teach others to be Reiki master teachers, which she had never seen before. So it's amazing what happens when we have tap into our own inner wisdom and now she's got some great skills and strategies to tap into to help her in her life when she's feeling that self-sabotage about moving forward and she wants she has all these goals and dreams but she knows that she's you know blocking herself stepping forward and so we're gently and lovingly giving her some new strategies and some new ways of going forward um and to finding out what those blocks mean and why are they there. And we all have them. We all want to sleep in and hit the alarm and and do other things and have a balanced <laughs> life to say we can have fun, but there is important to have a bit of discipline and structure um, and to have joy in what we do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I like that. Well, and, and I like how you um, opened it up for her to find her own um uh, relationship with symbols and and let it come from inside of her um well, you talk about all of us having the ability to conduit healing energy and and then there's the notion of these these uh physical elements what I'm talking about is like crystals or essential oils, so there's a store somewhere that sells crystals, and there the crystal is sitting on the shelf, and it's, um, uh, to the untrained eye, dormant. It's just sitting there, and then uh, you, me, the listener decides, well, I'm going to work. I feel inclined to learn about crystals, and you go and you acquire a crystal. What are... um, What are these things called crystals and how do they respond to our consciousness?
0: Yes, the crystals, they are like living entities too and they are great to read. So you can hold a crystal and you may have done it before, Les, where you hold a crystal and some crystals you connect with better than others. Some crystals you might feel a really strong connection with your heart or you feel a vibration in the palm chakras while you're holding it. And some people can see an aura or colours around the crystals. And also, yeah, If I get my clients sometimes. I had a client last year. I had a, a black crystal. I think it was an obsidian. And she was very intuitive. She was starting to get a lot of mediumship um, insight. She was starting to see shadows and tapping into... Um, energies that had crossed over, her some of her family members that had crossed over, she was tapping into. And when she held the crystal, she got this huge, huge visualisation of energy. She said, I can feel the whole crystal surrounding my body. I can feel this amazing energy. And I could see it clairvoyantly in my third eye. As she held the crystal. I could see this amazing, expansive energy just cover right around her in my clinic room. And then I asked her, tap in and and close your eyes and go into the crystal's message for you. What is it telling you? What is it sharing with you? It might, you know, some people will get the clear audience. They will hear the message. Some people will be more in their heart. That's clear sentient feeling of it. Some people will just get a knowing. They'll just know what the crystal's saying, like a clear cosmian type of vibration. So she used a lot of different clears, and she said, "Oh, this is what I feel that crystal's saying to me." And she shared it. So I feel like it's crystals are really great energy sources. The other day, when I was giving Reiki to a client, and she had had um, a shock at work, and with some a family member that had threatened suicide, and she was very traumatized because she had tried to help. This family member, but it sort of backfired on her, and so she. We did some um, healing in the chair and talking to her about her choices and and what it was, um, what were the lesson or the, or the gift was for her about what had been happening at work and with her family late lately. Because I believe everything is a gift. If every anything that stepped into your field, your energy field, no matter what it is is for your higher purpose, is for is a gift for your lesson and an opportunity for you to learn and grow. So I, she had talked to me about, well, what have you learnt? What, what, what is the opportunity and what's happened to you lately? And when she laid on the table, I uh, put a beautiful pink rose quartz crystal on her body as I gave, gave her the Reiki energy. And she said she could feel the beautiful crystal energy vibration just absorbing and breathing it into the vibration of all the trillions and millions of cells in her body. And it's an extra way to enhance the Reiki energy. You don't always need to use crystals, but if it's there, you can. And I also write about heavenly crystals and celestial crystals, crystals, layers in my book, about that even if you don't have crystals on you, that you can just imagine them by calling them in, and they will be there. And you might get a sense of the color that's coming for whatever's happening. Or sometimes if I'm driving in my car and I want some extra energy, I'll call in the crystal realm to help me and I might get a sense, oh, yeah, they're bringing in today for me a blue crystal or a purple crystal and I can feel that and I might feel tingles or vibrations in my body. And also... I find some people, they do crystal grids with me and putting grids in a pattern and saying, um, okay, you want to have something good happen to you in the next couple of weeks or couple of months. Let's, you choose 10. I've got a box of about 30, 40 crystals. And I ask them to close their eyes and choose 10 or so crystals. And then they might put down the crystals into a symbol or formation or a shape on the table And they just know intuitively where all the crystals go. And then they can feel as collectively as the beautiful crystals make a shape or mandala pattern, how the crystals talk to them and the power. And then we offer a prayer or intention to the beautiful crystals to send energy into the present, the past, and the future.
1: Well, very nice. Um, Here in the New Human Living Studios, we have a... a uh, wonderful rose quartz crystal, specifically mm. to hold the heart space for th- this show and interviews, just like this. Oh. So, um, hmm. You know, this idea of being psychic. I mean, everybody's familiar with the five senses, and so many people are 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 going through their life with just pretty much those five senses. But I know for myself, um, when I first started to look at my own psychic abilities, boy, howdy, I wanted I wanted to hear, I want to have this conversation. And for a while, I kind of this, uh, what I'm talking about was a long thing, you know, a decade or more ago, I wanted to hear and, and for a while, I kind of uh, kind of pushed or tried to force that modality, if you will, and mm-hmm. then I realized that I had been very psychic all through my life, but it wasn't from hearing; it was from knowing. So, and uh, once I realized that what I was looking for, I already had in its own in its own way. I came to appreciate the knowing. Because I would find these moments, like I, I worked in broadcast TV and some piece of equipment had failed and I'd spread out these pages of schematics and and you'd have to figure out how the device worked and I would get these intuitive hits that were just delicious because <laughs> it was so much mm-hmm. information so quickly. So when you talk about Psychic abilities and the seven clairs. Um, can you go through those seven clairs and, and um, in a way where the listener could kind of take inventory of their of their own life and and perhaps understand their own natural abilities?
0: Yes, good idea. i will just open up my book so i make sure I'm doing the right with you. <laughs> so chapter
1: two,
0: I've been giving a talk a few months ago and I went, what, I think I've got one, but that's okay. Yes, I've, got the, I've mentioned the clairsentient, very common. We're all very, we feel things. If someone walks into a room, we get a vibe or feeling about that person. Sometimes we listen to it and sometimes we discard it and go, I listen to another part of us. Um, And I write about that the clairsentient is like our psychic antenna. It's linked with feelings and hunches. Um, Yeah, and that's a really powerful one. The clairvoyance, too, that I was talking about before is the third eye. And I've got exercises in my book, Les, about the third eye, activating it and opening up and giving it energy. So that is more activated. And... Yeah, people, we all dream, we're all using the third eye and the super and subconscious in our dreams. And in the waking stage, um, talking about the Whitehall or imagining a movie scene where the third eye expands and opens up, and the third eye area, as a lot of people would know, is in between the eyebrow area, is linked to the pineal gland in our body, which scientists are now saying that they're learning more about they don't know everything about the pineal gland yet and it's quite a fascinating part of our mind and so yeah clairvoyance is what helps us with the auras and tapping into visions and the spirit world is amazing when we have really good third eyes they send us lots of symbols and images like I might get, if I get a symbol, if I'm reading um, the oracle cards of or someone's aura or their palm and I get an image like of a cake, for example, it might mean I have to then drop into and ask the symbol, what are you here for? What are you showing me? Like a symbol of a cake, I write a symbol list in my book. A cake might mean the person is eating too much gluten, too much sugar, too much processed food. Or a cake can also mean... Uh, a celebration or someone's birthday coming up so if I see a pink cake or a blue cake I know which gender it's to do with and then I might be shown in my mind's eye a timeline it might be yeah there was a girl's birthday I see a pink cake and it was in the last week or there's a boy or a male's birthday and I can see it coming up in the next couple of weeks and clients will go oh yeah my son's birthday is coming up in ten days so um, that's clairvoyance and clairaudience, which they say is one of the hardest ones to learn because it's auditory, it's hearing words, sounds, songs, vibrations from the spirit world. And some people have it naturally, others take a while to learn it. And yeah, with most people, it's the most challenging one. But the more with meditation, mindfulness, good food, good exercise, those ear chakras can open up to getting more. Um, communication from the spirit realm and the next clear is clear tangency which some people know as psychometry so it's holding an object like someone's watch or um, holding on to an animal and you might get hold an animal get a vibration about what's going on with the animal or you might get a flash of their hip you might the spirit world might be showing you that you know the animal's hip or the person's hip might have a problem Um, you might uh, hold on to someone writing a letter to you or a piece of clothing and you might get, that's also another psychic way of tapping into information as well. And klecosneic, we talked about the knowing and having that knowledge and wisdom that just comes to you really strongly. I think a lot of people are klecosneic, they just know the right thing to do or they just get insight drop into them straight away and they go oh yep i know this feels right and i've got to go that way and i'm not confused anymore it just feels great um and the last two uh claire Gustin's, uh is to do with taste. let me get the right is when we taste something in our mouth like you might read for somebody or get yourself and you might get, um, a funny metallic or, metallic or iron taste in your mouth. And that might mean the person or yourself or a person you're reading for might need more iron in their diet. Um, clear aliens is smells. And I'm writing the book how many years ago I was out in the middle of my yard and I was getting quotes on fixing my patio outside. And the third um, builder that came to give me a quote on my patio, I was out in the garden with him and I said goodbye to him. But all of a sudden I got this incense smell really strongly around me and I thought this is weird, I'm way out of my house, I haven't burned any incense for a couple of days, why am I smelling incense way out in the middle of my yard? And I realised it was a spirits and the cosmics way of saying pick that guy He's affordable, he's going to do a really good job, he's the right one for you to choose and I did choose him and he did a great job for a great price. So it's just tapping into, you know, the way that the whole universe is an oracle card or a message for us and how the universe is communicating with us at all times to help guide us because it loves us so dearly and wants us to do the best Loves us even when we fail, when even when we make a bad choice, it will never judge us or think we're bad. And so I make that quite clearly in the book to be gentle with ourselves, to support ourselves, and just to pick ourselves up and keep going if something's not working. Going, okay, maybe I need to change tactics or change
1: plans. Right, I like that. So I mean, um, of course, if if you if you're a clear audience, you're hearing sentences, but a lot of the examples you talked about were symbolic i mean the the pink birthday cake or or perhaps in our senses the a, a taste in our mouth or an olfactory sensation when we um um if we don't if we're just starting out with with uh, awakening to our our psychic abilities and and we get these symbols i mean symbols can be interpreted several different ways how how can somebody um build their trust if you will kind of uh, get some confidence with um what might be a psychic ability they have but they've never given it any attention
0: yes the i started writing a journal les about getting different symbols with clients, and I put that into my mediumship symbols and dreams chapter of my book. And I feel like, yeah, just keep asking themselves and asking the symbols what they mean. Also, I did for years a dream journal. So I would wake up in the morning in dreams I could remember. I could write that down and start to analyse and interpret my dreams and what did it mean and what were the messages in my dreams. So whether it's dream state or wake state, Yeah, it is all an opportunity just to learn and sometimes the writing the book. Sometimes we need to get people to help identify. Sometimes I was with a client many years ago. I think I was reading an expo at a fair, you know, in a room full of other psychics, and we did half an hour readings pretty close together. I had this lady sit in front of me and I said, and I got in my mind's eye a French dick you know, one of those big, long... Do they call them that in, where you are in America? Like those long, um, thin loaves of bread that I think they call it get in... I'm not sure, but in Australia, French is are long, skinny loaf of bread. for oh, sure. about eight centimetres long. So I could see that in my mind's eye, and I'm saying to myself, oh, my, in my head, oh, my goodness, what does that mean? And uh, so I just... Thought, I'm just going to open it up to the client and help them help me how to identify the symbol and so I said this to her and she said oh my daughter's going to France in a week no wonder you're seeing a French stick so isn't it funny how the universe can be quite humorous and funny in what they're trying to um, say to us I remember another day getting a symbol of a fridge and I was in front of a client she'd come back for an appointment and I'm thinking, why am I getting a fridge? Sometimes a fridge or freezer can mean coldness. You know, this person is cold, they need to warm up, they're cold towards the situation, it's not bringing healing because they're stuck in these negative thought patterns. But I didn't feel that sort of vibration with this client. I didn't feel like that was a message. So I'm asking in my head to the symbol, what do you mean? And I wasn't sure. So I said to this client, look, I'm getting an image of a fridge. Could you help me identify why the spirit world wants me to pass this on to you. She burst out laughing and she said, It's my um she said, it's my fortieth birthday in a week and my parents are giving me a free for my birthday. So so, um, so it's also just to help the spirit world, to help the client. Look, we know what's going on around you. We're here, um we see all past, present and future and we just and she so, yes, yeah, it gives them faith. It gives me faith in that, you know, there is a higher realm, or these birds that are trying to speak to us. And I have a client who says to me, I, I understand bird talk. And I go, what? And she goes, I go out and when there's a bird speaking or singing close to me and it's a message for me, she said I can interpret what that message is, whether there's a warning coming and it, it's a preventative or something to help me in my life. Um, and that's very natural for her. She's just an ordinary person, works as a secretary, but to her she's always been able to um, understand bird speak. So it's fascinating what... And I find that so many of my clients, they're all very natural, some of them are in the closet, and they say, you know, I work in the government job and I'm not talking to anyone, but I see shadows in my bedroom and I get, you know, my deceased grandmother talking to me in my dreams and... Um, and I can see auras around people. There's a lot of people that, that have this naturally and they just want someone to talk to about it or they want to read books and understand, yeah, that's natural and normal. And the more we open up to it, we can use it to help enhance our
1: lives. Well, I really like that. It's it's quite evident we're coming out of uh, many, many generations where the notion of psychic information or psychic awareness has been downplayed or even um uh, uh, scorned or even um, uh, um disciplined in the sense mm-hmm. that people have shut down over many generations i I love these kind of conversations because we're bringing it all back out in the open I mean the gal talking to the birds you know it's it's like uh, <laughs> um sometimes I'll begin. I'll be laying in my bed really early in the morning, like three, three o'clock, wide awake. And I'm hearing mm-hmm. the birds just going to town outside. They're so flipping happy and the sun hasn't even come up yet. And oh. and I, I try to think of the um, the joy or the, I mean, the, the sound is, is so full of excitement and delight. It's uh, it's such a, a wonderful thing. So um, when, when when we talk about um, the the spirit world having information for us, um, we can think of uh, each one of us has angels, or we have guides. Um, can you can you shed some light on on the notion of angels and guides and our relationship to them and kind of the agreements of because uh, they can take a hands-off approach until they're invited. I mean, just give us a, a, uh, an overview of of angels and guides.
0: Yes, it's funny you say that. I sat outside just before my interview with you, Liz, and I just thought, I'll sit in the sun on the step. I had done a few stretches. I held onto a beautiful pink flower from my garden, and I called my guide in, and I opened up my mind's eye and I visualized being relaxed, talking to you, hoping that would happen. I could feel like, and when I called in my guide and invited them in, I'm sure they're around all the time, you know, I could feel my, the energy in my body start to build Uh, and they were helping and assisting me. Also, I feel like I used to be less a real skeptic about all this information I have. You know, I've got two degrees. I was very in my head about all this stuff. It had to be very factual. And I, you know, I've challenged the spirit world and the universe, and it's good. It's been a fun, fun journey for me to open up and get shown different things and going, wow, there's something more than this physical plane. There's something bigger and more magical that's that's threading through every day, and every moment of my life, and I want to relate to that. I want to connect with that. And so I see guides usually standing behind a person's head. So a person sitting in front of me, I can call in my head three times or a couple of times, show me the guide, show me the guide, if they want to come through. And usually I see a vibration. Sometimes it's just a vibration, a colour, a feeling. Sometimes the person's guide will come through with much more visual clarity, exactly what they're wearing, whether they're male or female, Some of them just make me want to laugh and smile. They've got so much joy about them. And I, you know, tap into that with the clients. One day, I wrote in my book, Les, because I was reading at another expo at a fair. And this European lady with a strong accent, she must have been in her late 60s, sat in front of me. She said that her friend had given her the half an hour reading, given it to her as a present. And so we started the reading. I think I had crystals on the table, my tarot cards. I started off asking for a birth date because sometimes getting the birth date in a busy environment helps me tune into their energy and their spirit. And I, halfway through the talk, I just saw this amazing energy behind her and it was huge and it was this beautiful emerald green colour. And it sort of just threw me back a bit. I went, wow, that is just gorgeous. And I just got the word angel pop into my head. And I said to this lady, I think um, I called her Maria in the book because even though I changed names, that's what I remember. And she, I said to Maria, look, I've got this beautiful green energy behind you. I feel like it's a really, from the angelic realms. I feel like it's giving me that vibration. And she looks at me and she goes, Of course, it's an angel. I talk to my angels all the time. I pray to them every day. They're always around me. Like she was like, of course, I know it's there. And then I tuned to the angel and I said, "What have you got to share? Do you have anything to share?" And it showed me this cord or this energy from the angel going to the back of the client, around the lower back to the stomach area. And I said to her, "Look, I'm." the angel showed me energy. They're sending healing that has been watching over you around your stomach area, and I feel like there's healing going on there. And she said, yes, I've just had an operation in that part of my body. And the doctors were not sure about this operation, how I would heal from it, but I prayed before, during the operation, ever since. And it's been weeks, weeks since the operation, and the doctors are surprised that I'm healing so well. But... The angels have helped me. Of course, they have. You know, she was such a strong believer in the faith and power of angels that, it, you know, it was healing for her in her life. And she was so. It was such a beautiful gift for me to watch her passion and her belief and see how it had helped her life.
1: It it really helps move things forward when you walk in step with them instead of uh, having your weight back on one foot with kind of a skeptical eye going Are you really there You know this woman is is totally engaged and of course I do of course of course and mm-hmm. and she just moves through her day so I mean the question that pops into my head is a little while ago, you're out front sitting on the steps and you're asking your angels to, to help you be at ease on this radio show. Well, how did it go? Are you at ease?
0: (laughs) I feel at ease. I love your energy, Les. I love the questions you're asking. (laughs) So yes, I'm sure they're guiding me through this and helping me to pass on whatever I need to pass on. And, um, Yes, and I feel very comfortable, so, thank you, Yes, I've done a good job. I'll have to go and reward them later <laughs> So say thank you
1: to them. <laughs> it's their pleasure to help you by helping you. that's their reward. I mean, yeah. I mean i liked I like to tell my angels jokes, really stale, bad jokes that <laughs> and the only reason they can get the joke is because they know me because I like. I like humor, like two steps to one side or the other, not the obvious, but kind of the uh, one layer off, if you will.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so, well, you know, an hour can go by pretty fast. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to tell you that I really like the uh, the spiritual guidebook, this book that you've written, because it, it uh, a comprehensive um, uh, dive into the, the um, spiritual um, aspect of being a human being, I think, is, is what a lot of people on the earth are going to do to kind of get, a, get us out of our ego paradigms where we, we live in this 3D Western world and our ego stare at our phones all day it it's it's kind of sh- uh shaking ourselves out of the 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 rigidness of the uh 3D world outside of us and tuning inside of us to to get that information from our angels from our guides to to hone and trust our own psychic abilities so we can have more confidence as we go through our day now you are a, a psychic. Can you share with our listeners your platform? You've written books. Um, do you work with people in person, online? Um, give us a comprehensive look at how our audience can engage your platform.
0: Yes, I work with uh, clients around the world on Skype, phone reading in my clinic here in Canberra, Australia. And my books, there are available on Amazon Book Depository Booktopia as paperback or Kindle formats. And, yes, so, yes, and my website is annacommerford.com and Cummerford is spelled C-O-M-E-R-F-O-R-D. And, yes, so I'm pretty active on Facebook. So if they'd like to reach out to me, I'd love to hear from them.
1: So who's your ideal client? I mean, uh, if I'm a listener, um, how do I uh, – who, who, describe your ideal client.
0: That's something I've been asked that before. That's a good question, Les. I think anyone is my an ideal client, but if they're interested in – I do astrology, chart readings, uh, as they know, palmistry, coaching, mentoring – spirit-releasement sessions, crystal healing, past-life regressions, of course, the psychic medium, Reiki sessions, uh, naturopath nutrition, herbalist sessions, and I love doing sessions with clients on their relationships. It's a big area in my life that I've worked on over the last few decades um, with couples or singles on relationships, working and tweaking out relationship dilemmas um, I love working with that and so yes there's some of my some of the modalities that I work with
1: well very nice um, we've got just a few minutes left do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to share with us
0: yes I, I love what you said before there's about yeah, the work I do is about diving into the spiritual aspects of life and I think it's honouring the ego and the ego's messages for us. But I found also creating that beautiful, um, inspiring spiritual realm and tapping into that really helps us in work, rest and play to live the best that we can while are on the earth plane with the best energy, the best intentions and it helps one to roll with the ups and downs of life with much more heart harmony
1: and focus beautiful i like that well hannah i want to tell you it's been such a delight sharing this time with you it's such a pleasure having you guest on the show i want to thank you for being our guest
0: oh my pleasure i'm so grateful for your time les and thank you very much for sharing all this information to the world
1: We've been talking with Anna Comerford and the topic tonight has been the title of her newest book, The Spiritual Guidebook. I love exploring the depths of our human psyche and what it can provide to us as far as insights to who we are. it's always a pleasure for me to bring you episodes like this and the hundreds of episodes that we've done on this show to help you understand your own potential it's uh it's a real it's a really powerful time to be alive on this planet and for so many of us our soul has had a vision of what our life could be that far exceeds the mythology of the past in other words History doesn't show us even a a good glimpse of the potentials of human beings walking around on this planet at this time. Hey, you showed up for yourself. You're listening to this episode. Um, I'm your host, Les Jensen. I'm always grateful when you share these times with us. Thanks for listening. Until next time.
0: This has been a New Human Living radio broadcast. You can raise your own personal power with Personal Power Fundamentals home study course at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.